0: I started two weeks ago a, a series called Why in the World Are We Here? And my intention was to preach through using examples from the book of Acts. But uh, because I keep records of what I preached, the passage that I really was going to preach from today, I, I preached from at the end of October with a different emphasis, similar but a little bit different. So I'm going to forego preaching from Acts chapter 6 today but you can after this message sometime this week if you want to go read Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 7 you can do that but I'm going to preach today from 1st Peter chapter 4 10 through 11 and you can find, of course on the screens in your Bible or you can do that in the church app you don't have that, see uh, someone after church uh, at the sound booth, they can tell you how to get that. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus or through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to preach for a little while on this thought. We are made to serve in God's kingdom made to serve in God's kingdom God bless you you may be seated I I don't know if you realize this but everybody is good at something now it may not be something that you care about or anybody else cares about but everybody is good at something all you have to do is go visit uh, or look at uh, Ripley's believe it or not and see some of the things people are good at You can go to the Guinness Book of World Records, and they have a world record for just about anything. There's world records for who can stand on their left leg the longest. Nobody cares about that, but somebody did, and they're good at standing on their left leg. So everybody's good at something the idea is when people talk about being gifted, we, we think of things like gifted students, and they're, they're better than everybody else. They have a higher academic uh, standing or a higher IQ than others. But the reality is, is that everybody is good at something. And everyone in the kingdom of God is, is gifted with something that is helpful to the kingdom of God. Look at your neighbor and tell them, hey, you're gifted. Oh, really? Go ahead. You can do that. Look at your neighbor and tell you, you are gifted. I-, I heard it said that, uh, recently I actually heard it said, that people, everybody is good at or over 600 different things. That's a lot of things. But they said what the deal is, is that most people never get the opportunity to try those things, so they really only are about, know that they're good at about 200 different things. Because they never have opportunity to use the things that they're good at, but 600's a lot of things to be good at. I'm good at eating, not so much, uh, not so good at not eating, not so good at fasting. I don't know about you, but I, I, don't, I hate to fast, which is why we need to fast, right? If it was easy, then it wouldn't be a big deal. If it, was, if it was hard to eat, Jesus wouldn't have told us to fast, he'd have said, go out and eat. But that's the easy thing, fasting's the hard thing, and I, and I hate fast, but, but everybody's good at something, and everybody in the kingdom of God is good at something. There is a theological principle throughout the Bible that says this, that every person in the kingdom is a minister. Every person that is part of the family of God is a minister. Now, that doesn't mean you necessarily get up and preach like I'm doing today. That, that may mean you have in, any number of other giftings and things that you should do because the word minister really just means servant. That everybody can serve. Everybody is able to serve in the kingdom of God. So, a couple of questions before I, I delve into the meat of this. And that is, this, should you or should we be involved in serving in a local church? Does God care if we are serving in a local church? Does God want us to do that? And if so, how do we serve? How do we get involved in serving in a local church? And will just doing anything in the kingdom of God suffice? Or does God want it to be my best gift? Does he want me to use the things that he has gifted me with and not just do anything but does he want me to do the things that he has specifically given me to do? Does it matter if we do those things? Does it matter how we serve? Our text today is a, one of the four essential passages that people look at when they talk about giftedness and spiritual gifts in the kingdom. And, and I'll run through the other ones in just a moment. But this particular text is going to tell us five truths about serving in the kingdom of God Five things that I think you need to know and I need to know about serving in the kingdom of God. The first thing is this, is that we are gifted for service by God's grace. You can see it on the, on the screen there, as each one has received a special gift. Now you don't see the word grace in that underlying part on the screen, you don't see that at all, but the word behind special gift is the word that means it is, it is gift. By God's grace. That's what it means. It's a special gift that you don't, res- you don't deserve. You don't, you don't earn it. It is just given to you. It is something that is special. It is a gift of grace. In fact, that word is the same root word for the word grace in the Greek language. And so God has gifted us for service by his grace. Not because you're good, but because he just decided you needed that gift. I've talked about this before, but, but a lot of times in, in churches, you see people that get up in front and do what I'm doing or, or what Pastor Cedric just did and, and could sing and, or, or Anthony did. They can play. They can speak. Whatever it happens to be, and you go, man, I couldn't do that. And they, they're awesome. No, the reality is they didn't do anything. Preachers aren't any more special than anybody else. It's just God has called us to do that. And in fact, I may have told you this before. If you if you really want to get down to it, what does Paul say? He says, "Hey, God doesn't use many wise people. He doesn't use many noble people. He doesn't use many strong people. The reason I can be up here because I'm not very smart." Because God's not picking me because I'm I'm all that and then some. He's picking me because he wants to get glory, which is the last point we'll talk about. But he's doing that because he just decided, here's a gift for you. And that God gives us these things, not because we deserve them, but just like it is with salvation. Salvation is a free gift. And God just gifts us to do certain things. He, He gives us certain abilities, not because we're great, but because he's just gracious. The, the other three primary texts I, I referred to, Romans 12, says this. It's a, one of the other passages that people go to for gifts. It says, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. That's a lot of words. But what he says is, God has just given this by his grace. Don't think more highly of yourself because you have this gift. You didn't deserve it. You didn't do anything. He just gave it to you. It is a gift of God's grace. He would go on to say that we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, so everybody is to use their gifts in the way that they have been given to them. That if you have faith, then exercise that faith. And if you have the gift of giving, then, then give. and give Do it all unto the Lord. Ephesians 4 tells us about the speaking gifts, as I would Call them. It's what I'm doing here. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the edifying or the equipping of the saints to do the work of ministry or to do the work of service. He didn't pick me because I'm any better than anybody else. He doesn't pick you because you're anybody better than anybody else. He picks you just because he is good and because he is gracious and he wants you to have Gifts that will help the body of Christ. God decides who gets what gifts. And at the end of, at the end of all of this, 1 Corinthians 12, he, there's another list of what's called the supernatural gifts. And the Bible says that the Spirit just gives one here and one there. However the Spirit wants to do, the Spirit just gives these gifts out, not because... We deserve them, but because it's how he wants us to have them. But at the end of all of this, when we understand that it's by his grace, then the second thing we need to understand is that we are gifted for service for others' good. That we're to do what we we do and we're to exercise our gifts for the good of others. The text says this, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And I'm going to come back to good stewards here in just a moment. But to employ it means we're just to use it to serve one another. We're to use our gifts to serve one another. Have you ever gotten a gift that you couldn't use? Anybody? Anybody ever got a gift? Somebody gives you a gift? And... You can't use it. And so what do you do? You put it in the closet or you re-gift it. Anybody ever re-gifted something? You can confess. As long as you haven't re-gifted it to me, we're good. But sometimes we get stuff. People give us things. I was just talking about this Friday night. Sometimes people give us stuff that they want us to have, not that we want. I think you need to have this. I don't want that. Well, you need to have it anyway. And when God gives us gifts, though, they are gifts with a purpose. They are gifts with a function. And I like good decorations as much as the next person. Let me rephrase that, as next as the, much, the next guy. <laughs> but, but if somebody gives you a painting, it's only good for one thing. Hang on a wall and look at it. It has no function other than just to look good. And when God gives us gifts, and he gives gifts to each of us, he doesn't give us decorative gifts. He doesn't give us us some little knick-knack that we're to sit there and look at this gift that I have, this is awesome. Look at this great painting. That's not what he's doing. He's given us gifts that we are supposed to use, that we're supposed to put to good use in the kingdom of God. Gifts are designed as tools John, he's, he's a carpenter. He doesn't want a picture of a hammer. He would want a hammer so he could use it to do. Terry owns a mechanic shop. A nice picture of a whole craftsman set doesn't do him any good. He needs the actual tool. And that's what God does. He gives us the tools. He doesn't give us something we can look at and say how wonderful and how great that And is. Don't you wish everybody had a picture like this? But he gives us gifts that we are to use. And we are to use them not for our good, but we're to use them for everybody else's good. It is for the good of others. It is for the good of the body. It is not for us to say, look how great I am using my hammer. But we are to use our giftedness to meet the needs of one another. God gives us things so that we can bless others. It's just like with money. God doesn't give us money so we can say, look how much money we have. He gives us money so that we can use it to bless others in the kingdom. That we can give to his purposes. That we can give to missions. That we can help those in need. That's why he gives it to us. Not so we can just amass it. That's what the world does. You've never met a rich person that doesn't know Jesus that is ever satisfied with how much they have. They always want more. But if you're in the kingdom of God and you have a kingdom mindset and God gives us stuff, it's not so I can say, look how much I can get and how, I'm going to see, I'm just going to stick it all in the bank. No, I'm going to use it for the good of others. In fact, Jesus told the parable of the, the rich man whose who's, uh, crops are coming in and his crops are much greater than his ability to store them. And what does he do? He says, well, I'm going to tear down these barns. And I'm going to build bigger barns so I can put all of this in the barn. And what does Jesus say? Thou fool, knowest not that this night thy soul will be required of thee. He's not given it to us just so we can get it and hold on to it. He's given it to us so we can bless others in the kingdom. We are gifted for service for the good of others. Not only that, but we are gifted for service as God's stewards. Employ this gift in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, if you've been around church at all, you've heard the word steward or stewardship, or if you read the Bible, you see that. And a lot of times I would just tell you we read the Bible and we just read these words and we're like, I don't know what that means, and we just keep on going. Anybody ever done that? Just reading, you're like, what does that word mean? I don't know. Hopefully somebody will preach about it eventually. We just kind of gloss over. But the word steward means it is a person who manages something on behalf of someone else. Typically in a church setting, when we talk about stewardship, the the primary focus for most people is money and finances. And, well, we need to have good stewardship. That means give to the church, you know. And that's part of it. God has required of us to to give a tithe and to give offerings of what it is that he blesses us with. But stewardship is more than that. It's not just our money, and some will take it as far as going with it. It's it's not only just your treasure or your money, but it's also your time, how you spend your time, but it's also your talents, and talents being your abilities and gifts that God has given you and the way he's wired you. And it is to that, that point that Peter says this, employ that to serve one another as good stewards. What he's saying is this, is failure to use what God has gifted us to do is bad stewardship. I've got an ability, but I'm not going to use that. God's given me a gift, and instead of using it, in a functional way, I'm putting it on the shelf and I come by every once in a while and I'll polish it up. Man, look at this gift I've given. I don't want to mess this up, man. I don't want to use that. Hammers are made to hit nails. It's not made to look pretty in a in a nice shadow box. It doesn't do any good there. But they're made to be used. And, and failure to use our gifts is to demonstrate bad stewardship. And and further, I would say this, that failure to use our gifts is to dishonor God's grace. Look at the text. We are to do them as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That by His grace, He has given us gifts and talents and abilities And failure to use those and just say, I don't really care about what God has given me. I don't care about the fact that I didn't deserve this, I didn't earn this. God gave this to me, and ah, no big deal. I would also tell you this, and and I'm going to hurry along, but failure to rise to the highest level of our giftedness is also bad stewardship. There is, there's nothing in, in this church, I and mean, it's a new church plant, there's nothing here that I haven't done. From cleaning, to painting, to greeting, to picking up the donuts, to bagging the donuts during COVID. I'm ready for COVID to be over. We won't bag donuts anymore. Whatever it happens to me, But if I am called to preach, and I'm bagging donuts every Sunday, that's not honoring God if I don't rise to the highest level of giftedness that he's given me. That If I'm not fulfilling the highest level of gift that he's given me, it doesn't matter that I'm using another gift. doesn't matter that I'm serving in another way. I've got to do everything to honor him and to do it in a way that is a good steward of the manifold grace of God. In, in a former life, I was in a couple of different positions where I had Numerous employees that worked for me. And and I would at times have employees that were always busy. I mean, they, they, they were always working. The problem was they would pick and choose what they worked on based on what they liked to do or what was the easiest thing to do at times instead of doing the things that were most needful. Instead of doing the things they were really hired to do, they would do some other lower-end thing. I mean, if you're supposed to be working on computers, I, I don't really need you sweeping floors. You have a task. Somebody else can sweep the floors, but you need to do the highest level of your giftedness, and it's the same way in the church. There's a lot of things we have to do. There's a lot of tasks that are, that are part of any church. And all of them need to be filled. And not everybody can be at the top of the heap on any given thing. But, but if God has gifted you with something, the goal shouldn't be just to stay busy. The goal should be to rise to the highest level of giftedness that God has given you so you can bless the kingdom in ways that somebody else that is not gifted like that, they can't do it. He's gifted you with certain talents and abilities that nobody else has and it is for the good of others, and it is to be part of our good stewardship. There are people wanting me to say this train is bound for glory right now, but I'm not going to say that. Number four is this, that we are gifted for service on God's behalf. Whoever speaks... Now let me back up and say this. If you look at verse 10, Peter, he, he puts this whole concept into everybody is serving. Now he breaks it down into two kinds of serving. Serving that involves speaking gifts and serving that involves non-speaking gifts. He creates this dichotomy or this separation. But it says as whoever speaks do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. Speaking for God. That if God has gifted you to speak, if he's called you to be one of those apostles or prophets, evangelists or pastors, teachers, then you're to do that. As one who is speaking the utterances, other versions say the oracles of God, you are speaking God's word, it's not my word, it's his word. And so you're to do that with reverence, you're to do that with with, uh, enthusiasm, you're to do that with passion, you're to do that because you're speaking on his behalf. God seldom speaks audibly. I've, I've never, to my knowledge, had God speak audibly there have been times, and I I recounted this recently, a time where it was almost audible. It was so right there that I turned around to see who was talking behind me. And I don't know that it was audible or it was just the way God spoke to me. But for the most part, when he speaks, he doesn't speak audibly. He doesn't, you don't just hear a voice off to your side just talking and God doesn't typically speak that way. He's done it before, and He sometimes does it, but that's not His norm in our day-to-day life. But He does speak through His Word. He speaks through the Word of God, and and He also speaks through His people. That He uses people to speak His Word, not only what is written in the text, but sometimes just to give somebody a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, to give them a, a word of understanding. That's one of those gifts, or some of those gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. But preachers are to preach God's word. It's not to be my word. It's not to be whatever I think. It's to preach God's word. Paul said this. He said, he didn't come with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and in power. That we're not to speak how, how eloquent I think I can be or how, how great and wise I think I may be, but I'm just preach God's Word. And I, and I expect when I preach God's Word that there is to be a demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God that is resonant in His Word. And that He accompanies His Word and miracles and signs and wonders can take place. When we speak on God's behalf, when we're speaking on His behalf and in His place, His spirit and his power should show up. Anybody thankful for the spirit and power of God? If you are, would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? But not only are we to speak as though we're speaking for God, but we are to serve in his strength. Ultimately, we have talents and abilities. I, I mentioned They say that people have some 600 talents and abilities and and 600 areas of giftedness. Some of that is just innate in us. We're just born with that. Everybody's born with something they do well, but there are things that God gives us. And even if it is only our natural talents and abilities, that even before we came into the kingdom of God, that if God had gifted us, we have some talent and ability, at the end of the day, it is God who has given us that. It is God who has wired us to be a certain way. It is God who is the source of all of our talents ultimately. And God strengthens us when we use our gifts for Him. There have been times... It was a specific time, at first, probably the first time I really noticed it, and then I started noticing a, a trend. I had sprained my, my ankle really bad. I was on crutches for three weeks. And during the time that I was on crutches, I was the only drummer at the church that I was attending. The church my dad passed, I was the only drummer. And, and if you know anything about drums, then... My right ankle, which was what was sprained, is what you use to play the bass drum or the kick drum. And I could barely walk. And and one Sunday, I, I got on the drums. My ankle was hurting. And then service started. And I'm telling you, from the time service started until I walked off of the platform, Not a bit of pain. No pain at all, and I'm just playing away, man. I walked off the platform to go sit down during the preaching. My ankle's hurting. The end of service, I came back, I get on the drums again, and no pain. I'm like, that's pretty cool. But it wasn't that way when I was playing around the day before or the day after. And you can say, well, oh, it was the anointing of God, whatever. Be that as it may. What I would tell you is that when you use your talents and gifts for God, guess what? We are to do it in the strength with, which he supplies. And God took away the pain so I could use that for his glory and for his people's benefit. I've preached before where I was sick. I didn't even want to preach. I didn't feel good, but there was nobody else to preach and would walk to the pulpit And read my text. Just the Spirit of God. And preach as though I wasn't sick and there's nothing wrong. And then when I'm done, I'm like, man, I need to go throw up or something. Why? Because we're to do it in the strength which God supplies. That we're to do it in His strength and in His ability. That if He gives us a gift, He will empower us to use it for His kingdom and on His behalf. That's what God is in the business of doing. It's that we are to not only do it on his behalf, but we should do it with enthusiasm and we should do it with passion. I'm playing for God. I'm preaching for God. I'm giving out donuts for God. I'm I'm giving out coffee for God. I'm cleaning the church for God. I'm doing it on his behalf. This is not a social club. This is a church. And so we don't do it because we just want to be part of the club. But we do it because it is on his behalf. Lastly, we are gifted for service for God's glory. So that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever Amen. That when we exercise our gifts in God's kingdom for the other's good on God's behalf, it is ultimately for His glory. The glory is through Jesus Christ. The glory is for Jesus Christ. That I preach for His glory. I don't preach for my glory. That whatever gifts you have, it shouldn't be for Your glory, it should be for His glory. His glory, the the text tells us, is forever. It's a glory that will never fade away. It is a glory that is eternal. His dominion, the text says, is forever. And the word dominion there, it it means power. But it's more than just power. It's more than just strength. But it's everywhere That a ruler reigns and they are in authority. That God ultimately is going to reign everywhere. And so wherever his dominion is, wherever his reign is, he is to be glorified forever and ever. And ultimately when we serve God, he is glorified. It's all about him. When we come to church, we do it for His glory. And when we serve in the church, we do it for His glory. And when we help others, we do it for His glory. It's all about Him, and it's all for Him. Would you give Him a hand clap of praise for that? We are gifted for service for God's glory. As the praise team comes, I... When you preach something like this, at least in many Pentecostal-type circles, it's one of two things. Either it's just not very spiritual or exciting, or you have to be preaching for people to do things that are seemingly more spiritual than others. That it's, it's not, you're not preaching, man. I mean, I was mopping in here today. I didn't plan on mopping. But there were some salty footprints, so I was mopping. Not real spiritual. But it's for His kingdom. So when you, when you preach a message like this, then it's, a, it's either not real spiritual or you have to be bypassing all of those other things that take place long before you walk into this sanctuary. And then the spiritual stuff, man, it, it just happens What you get on the platform. This is the spiritual stuff. The reality is, is that everything we do for Him is spiritual. That everything we do for his kingdom is spiritual. Because it's by his grace that we've been gifted the ability to do that. It's to benefit others. It's to do it on his behalf. It's to do it for his glory. So you don't have to do what I do for it to be spiritual. You just have to do what he's gifted you to do. As a good steward, that's that's all that it takes. This message, of course, is about gifts and God giving us gifts. and The greatest gift, of course, that God ever gave us is the gift of salvation. The Bible says it is a free gift. Romans 3.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. He gives us the free gift of salvation when we choose to come into a relationship with Him, when we choose to obey the gospel, not just believe it, not just to say, yeah, that sounds good, but when we actually obey the gospel of Jesus Christ and we follow Him through His death, burial, and resurrection, through repentance, through baptism in Jesus' name and through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, when we obey that gospel and apply it to our lives, we receive that Free gift of salvation. God is a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave. And he is still giving gifts today. He's still giving the gift of salvation today. He's still giving us gifts that we can use in his kingdom. You're probably familiar with the five love languages. It's probably been out. 20, 25 years now. Five love languages. It's each of the languages. It is a way in which people show love. And it's a way in which they receive love. The language, the five love languages are are quality time. Let me say that again. Sounded like I said it like I was from Louisiana. Quality time. Enunciate Acts of service, gifts, physical touch, words of affirmation. Mine are physical touch and words of affirmation. And where the book breaks down is I feel love when I get words of affirmation. I'm just not very good at giving words of affirmation. So it's not perfect, it's not an exact thing. I know a number of people, their love language is, is, it's gifts. They love you, they're going to give you a gift, even if it's not one you want. But they feel loved when you give them a gift back. Others, it's acts of service, doing things for people and helping them out. And, And others, it's, quality time just spending time and, and you can see how that all plays into the kingdom of God but, but I, w- I would just say this that God who is a gift giver he gives us gifts because he loves us he gives us gifts not because we deserve them not because we earn them just because he loves us then those gifts that He gives us, we're to use in acts of service in the kingdom. Would you stand together? I'm going to withhold my call to action for just a couple of minutes. Would you just lift your hands right now as Pastor Cedric begins to sing and would you just thank the Lord for his gift of salvation, would you thank him for the other gifts that he's given in your life? You can
1: use anything,
0: Lord. Lord. You can use me. Yes, you can, Jesus.
1: If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Touch my feet. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak through me if you can use anything, Lord. You can use me if you can use anything, Lord. You can use me if you can use. Lord, take my feet. Touch my my heart, Lord, speak through me. If if you can can use use anything, anything, Lord, you can can use use me. Would you make that your prayer today? If you you can can use use anything, anything, Lord, you can can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you Take my hands, Lord, take my feet, touch my heart, Lord, speak through me, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me, this is my prayer, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, can
0: use me. If that's your prayer today, I'm going to invite you to, with your mask on, stay socially distanced. Step either to the front or step to the aisle or to the next row in front of you. it's, It's vacant or vacated. Would you just do that as an act of faith? In an act of surrender, saying, "God, I want You to use me however You want to do it. I-, I want to be used by You. I want to use the gifts that You've given to me for Your glory, for Your kingdom, to expand Your kingdom. Would You do that?" As they begin to sing again, I'm not going to drag this out. It's just a couple more minutes. Would you just surrender your heart, and your life to Jesus Christ you today? To Jesus use and everything for His glory. You use me.
1: This is my prayer. my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Give myself away. I give myself away so you can self away
0: not serving currently you need to start serving in his kingdom and in his church if you are serving you need to expand your service to his kingdom and to his church thirdly you need to rise to the highest level of your giftedness to the highest level of what God has equipped you to do. I'm going to pull up the serving slide, and this is my last call to action. Whether you're serving already or not serving at all, Your level of service in the kingdom. If you would text the word serve, and I'll just tell you, I copied that slide from another place, and it after 15 seconds it automatically went to the next one. So they're not playing around back there, that's my fault. But text the word serve to 833 646. 0942. just capture your information and then you'll get a follow-up place where you can then mark areas that you would be interested in serving in the kingdom of god so whatever your goodness is you need to employ it as the text says employ it in serving others in the kingdom that's my final call to action they're getting ready to sing again Would you lift your hands one more time to the Lord and would you just thank Him for His goodness? Thank Him for His presence, for His power that's at work. Jesus, we love you. We magnify your name.